Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. It is the first one of June, 1st of June today, almost halfway through a year, which sounds crazy. Uh, I'm joined by Ben Laidlar, Global Market Strategist. Two in a row, Ben. You, you're going to start getting comfy here. Yeah, it's all going to my head. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, Josh is, is currently on, on the golf course, guys. So, uh, you know, he's, he's got better things to do, it seems, at the moment. But, uh, but Ben, it's good to have you with us. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I'm sure like you, getting ready for my Platinum Jubilee garden party, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, it, literally exactly that. Although I'm actually off to um, to Nice. So before they announced this was going to be the uh, the bank holiday, my, my friend decided to get married in, in France. And stupidly, I didn't book my flight until last minute. Uh, and of course, now there's bank holiday the flights have gone up. So uh, it's going to be an expensive weekend for me. But uh, fingers crossed we can have some good weather. Um, last week, what, I mean, what a week for markets. I missed the weekly outlook and, and Callie took my place. I think there'll be some people calling for her to be a permanent fixture after what happened, uh, in the last sort of few days. Yeah. She, she's our good luck talisman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Podcast this week, we can talk a little bit about the, uh, well, a few things, but I guess to kick off, we'll talk about EU inflation. So that came in yesterday, I think it was expected around 7, 7.7% came in 8.1. So more than it expected. So what, what are we, what are we thinking about this? Is this a shock? Does this change anything for the ECB in particular? Does it change anything for those that reckon, you know, worldwide we're seeing peak inflation? How, how are you, how are you looking at this? It was certainly a bit of a reality check that inflation remains a real problem. We certainly weren't looking for it to peak yet in Europe. Uh, Europe's definitely a bit behind the US, where it has tentatively peaked. Uh, the inflation drivers in Europe are different. Um, they're much more driven by these high energy prices than in the US, where the focus is is more on the sort of tight labor markets. But you know that energy driver is a real problem. You know, energy prices have been on this sort of stealth rally back to you know near one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel for Brent, and Europe's just tightening the sanctions on on Russian oil, and OPEC's going to meet this week and basically do nothing to help us all out. Uh, So two impacts from this. One, to your point, uh, I think it puts the focus on the ECB, which is readying to raise interest rates and end its bond buying. Uh, So just remember, right, we have this very stimulative environment with inflation running at sort of 8% in Europe. And I'd say the ECB has been sort of putting off ending that. And I think now they they really have no choice. So, you know, we've got an ECB meeting next week. They're going to set the scene, I think, a little bit. Uh, I think they're not going to raise until July. Um, but then I think it's 25 basis points a meeting for, mm. you know, a number of meetings as they sort of begin to sort of catch up. Uh, and this has definitely been giving a bid to the euro in the last in the last few weeks. Uh, so that's one. I think the second one is just <clears throat> higher inflation, this higher interest rate outlook, less government bond buying. It's all just pushing up bond yields. So, you know, in Europe, you look at the German Bund yields, at eight-year highs of over 1%. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but it's a sort of dramatic change 
than what we sort of got used to in the last few years. And and this means quite a lot for equities, right? It's definitely helping people like banks, which make you know more money the higher uh, yields go. And it's just you know another headwind for these sort of long duration assets like tech, where you know a lot of the value sits well off in the future and gets impacted by these higher bond yields. Yeah, for for those digest and invest listeners, I'm about to drop uh, a little bit of a little bit of knowledge on everyone here. I, the first ever live trade I ever did was short the 10-year German government on the Bund, and I made eight ticks, and at the time that was 80 euros, and I've never been more scared in my life. I was running around the house, just I couldn't keep still. Uh, luckily, now I'm a bit more calm, but uh, yeah. And I also, I wonder if if Christine Lagarde, when she took this job, thought she would be the one to raise rates, be the head of the central bank when she did. Uh, I don't actually reckon she would have, but uh, here we are. Things have changed and uh, what a start to the year it has been. Uh, so that's the ECB. Let's talk now about our favourite group of people, the, the Federal Reserve. You know, we, we saw an incredible rally last week, 6%. And for those that want to see that continue, the stats kind of back that up. When you see 6% up weeks, usually three, six, 12 months later, most of the time, sort of 70, 80% of the time, it does continue to, to lead to a positive return. However, you know, what do you think the Fed will be thinking? Is there actually an argument to say they're not going to let markets rally and rally and rally from here? Unfortunately, I think there is, mm. but and bear with me on this. So, I don't think the Fed really cares about equity markets per se, um, but they are trying to tighten broader financial conditions to slow the economy down and to lower inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, and these tighter financial conditions include, you know, higher mortgage rates, higher credit card rates, higher company bond spreads, uh, and yes, lower equity prices. Uh, because lower equity prices basically mean that consumers are going to spend less money or that some people are going to come back into the labor market. Um, and so far, you know, this Fed plan has basically been working pretty well, right? These tighter financial conditions, whether it's, you know, lower equity markets or higher mortgage rates, has been easing the inflation outlook. Uh, the problem is, going back to your question, that this big equity rally we saw last week, if it continues, it eases all these conditions off. Um, maybe too early for the Fed, right? Inflation mm -hmm. is peaking in the US, but it's not really declining. Um, so I think the more this rally continues, the more you're going to see the Fed sort of beginning to lean against it. And the more yeah. you're going to see these sort of Fed speakers coming out and basically just reminding mm -hmm. us of how hawkish they're going to be and how much they're going to raise interest rates, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's the depressing news. But the better news, I think, is that markets are you know building a bottom, right? So mm -hmm. I see this as a sort of U-shaped recovery, not a V-shaped recovery. Uh, we're definitely seeing sort of less bad news. Uh, and as I've said before, you know, when you're this depressed, <laughs> those are the only ingredients you need to get markets going, right? We are seeing uh, falling inflation expectations. We are seeing China sort of reopening and beginning to stimulate a bit more. Uh, we are seeing Europe being surprisingly resilient to these sort of sky-high uh, energy prices. So hopefully a sort of few more months of these lower inflation expectations, these tight financial conditions, and the Fed may be more comfortable to sort of sustainably ease off on that interest rate pedal and um, and, and allow markets to um, you know sustainably move higher here. Yeah, I mean, boy, did they need that recovery? I think it was it was it seven weeks in a row uh, the S and P was down before before. Was yeah, it, it was the longest streak of weakness you'd seen actually since the tech 
uh, bust in uh, in 2001, right? So not the sort of records that you want to be setting um, all that often. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's the uh, that's the worst run we're going to have for quite some time. But yeah, what a week last week, six percent and more for for some markets. Uh, lastly, for us today, our final uh, topic, we're going to be talking about the Nordic model rather than Nordic models, uh, which <laughs> I think people will be uh, happy about. Um, historically, the, the Scandinavian stock markets. Uh, have performed pretty well, uh, I think you were saying before. Do you think investors could or should be keeping sort of one eye on this area? Should we avoid the, the dreaded R word, the dreaded recession? Yeah, so I think these Scandinavian equity markets, so, you know, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland, you know, the reason we're talking about them is they just punch way above their weight, right? I mean, mm. combined, it's, you know, this is less than 2% of the global economy or global stock markets, you know, even less of population. But the reason we are talking about them is that when you look back at you know these developed global stock markets over time, in nearly half of the last 15 years, one of these markets has been the top performer in the world. Um, and when you think about it, maybe that's not too surprising, right? I mean, if you look at all these sort of global rankings for innovation, for competitiveness, for sustainability, um, you know, Scandinavia is always up there, right? So you think, you know, Dynamite, Lego, Nokia, Spotify, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's the good news. I mean, the, the sort of cautionary news is that these are also pretty volatile markets. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very open to the rest of the world. There's lots of cyclical sectors like capital goods and shipping in there. Uh, you know, they're also geographically quite close to Russia, which is not helping them uh, right now. So, you know, they've been underperforming this year. Um, I think my point, though, is that sort of given this track record, um, they really should be on the radar screen for those of you that think, including me, that, you know, we're, we're going to have a sort of soft landing. We are going to avoid recession. Uh, and we're sort of, you know, we're, we're getting our list of things that we're going to buy when we become a little bit more comfortable that, you know, the global economy is going to sort of bottom and start recovering. Um, and, and I do think Nordic markets should be on that list. Um, just look back at, you know, the 2020 COVID, um, you know, recovery and even further back, the 2008 global financial crisis. It really was the Nordic markets, which did pretty poorly into those events but did really well coming out. Uh, so I do think they should be on the list. So, you know, things like, you know, with the smart portfolios, Nordic economy, startup nation, um, I would certainly be, you know, looking at those for sort of some ideas because the track record is, is pretty clear. Yeah. And, and just to, to say, if anyone is on the Toro platform, just type in Nordic economy or, or startup nation, you'll be able to see those smart portfolios uh, and you can look at what uh, what makes those up as well if you wanted to go down the single stock route uh, too uh, but Ben look we'll, we'll wrap it there for, for today I'm just looking out the window the sun is shining markets had a fantastic week last week I'm starting to feel positive we've got a we've got a four-day weekend things can you know only get worse from here can't they <laughs> yeah I'd say it's a pretty poor setup for, for, for next week you've done it now Sam yeah I know I know well look thank you very much for, for joining Ben uh, and uh for everyone listening, of course, head over to the Toro Academy where you can check out videos, blogs, webinars, and actually breaking news, uh, it will be Callie and Ben on the weekly outlook next Monday. So, I mean, that's another 6% week. I think, ben. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>